Hi guys and welcome back to the Worst Sister Show podcast. We're the Worst Sisters. I'm Sadie. I'm Suna. And I'm Arso. And on this week's episode of Shadeswood, we'll be covering episode 17 of season 4 of Pretty Little Liars. And this episode is called uh, Bite Your Tongue. Now, in this episode, we see the girls getting closer to figuring out who A could possibly be. We see Spencer following leads and getting some medicinal help, we'll say. We see Hannah doing a 180 and starting to read books and try and figure out via dental records what's going on um, and who the body was that was in Ali's grave. We see Emily getting picked on really bad by A for some reason. And then we see Aria um, having some problems with her brother Mike and Mona. What do you guys think about the episode as a whole? I think every episode is amazing. Don't ask me. It's a great episode. The first scene is that Aria's walking into her house after coming back from the movies. And she sees that Mike's having a party. Her dad is away again. He said to Mike that he's allowed to have some friends over. So Mike decided to throw, throw a party. And like a stick in the mud, she comes in and she kicks everyone out. Not like a stick in the mud. She's like responsible for that house and everyone that's in it at that moment because she's raising a teenager right now. She didn't want to be a single mum, but here she is is raising her parents' son. The thing that got me the most out of this um, whole thing was how in the middle of all this drama of them trying to hunt down who, you know, who A is or where Alison is, where she's been doing whatever, Aria and Emily still have time to casually go see a movie, like their life's not falling apart. Yeah. <laughs> and it was all just set up so that they could talk about Spencer. Yeah. So um, these two, they walk into the house. Mike's having the party. They go upstairs to Aria's room and they find Mona, of all people, just standing in the hallway in front of Aria's room. Yeah. yeah. She was using the bathroom. I was shook yeah. Oh my god, I feel like this episode has like so many good quotes, especially like around Arya and Mona and Mike and everything. Yeah. Um, because when Arya asks Mona, like, what are you doing here? She's like, oh yeah, I was going to the bathroom. And Arya's like, there's no bathroom in my room, Mona. <laughs> Mona's like, oh, well, you'll be surprised to hear that some people don't tuck and roll whenever I walk into a room, Arya. And I'm like, as if you didn't torment them for a full year and, like, you know, run Hannah over with their car and everything else. Yeah. But yeah. then she also does taunt Arya about the fact that she was in her room because she's like, oh, nice wallpaper, by the way. Yeah, I know. And then zips <laughs> up her bag to go. <laughs> Like, what a menace. <laughs> and when she does address Mike about this, like, to Mike being like, why did you let my stalker into this house? And she's like, was Mona here to poop or snoop? <laughs> I, I loved it. That was such a good line. Um, And, yeah, and Mike kind of defends her. He says, like, people change, and I'm sure there's someone talking smack about me in a different bedroom somewhere, which is probably true. But also, like, yes, people change, but that doesn't mean you be dumb. Like, there's there's levels of wrongdoing, right? Like... Is this what you were saying the other day about forgiving but not forgetting? Yes. Like, she acted, like, really psychopathically towards your family and your sister who lives in your house. Like, yeah, people change, but, like... Not that know. much. It's, it's not minor. It's not like... I don't know. She used to cheat in a board game and now she doesn't. Like, it's yeah. a significant thing. His point that I did agree with was... 
how Arya kept saying that Mona tried to ruin their family. And he's like, well, you could forgive dad. Why not the messenger? Which is true. Like she didn't try and ruin your family. She just told the truth. Your dad's the one that decided to cheat. I do agree with that. No, but like this is just consistent Arya. Like she's just hypocrite Arya. She can forgive Ali for writing about it in her book. She can forgive her dad for doing it, but she can't forgive Mona for bringing it to light. Yeah, but to be fair, Alison's book was like private. It was her journal. It's not like she sold it to a newspaper. She may as well have. Who hasn't read that book at the stage? <laughs> but, see, but she didn't know she was going to, like, die, not die, and then come back. So Okay, and then she goes up to Mona at school and tells her to stay away from her 10th grader brother. When, Mo- when like, last episode, she didn't have any reaction to Hannah kissing him. Arya does make this about her. She sees, like, Mike and Mona flirting and stuff like that. When she does go to confront her, another quote that Mona drops is, Once the charges were dropped of Hannah's mom, I was burnt off like a wart again after the files were dropped. They have so many good good lines this time, and I just can't get over it. It's so good. Arya finds out through Mona that what brought her and Mike together was new counsellor Jesse, and he's really cool and basically brings all these damaged little hobos together. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, and he's got he's got color coded M and M's in his room. Yeah, that's how you know he's cool because everyone knows every cool like guidance guidance counselor has like candy jars in their office. I'm not a regular counselor. I'm a cool counselor. Exactly. I don't know what this was in reference to because I didn't take a very good note around it. I literally just wrote Ara goes to see counselor. He's cool because he has a jelly bean dispensary, and I put in quotation marks. His head sweats a lot like a cheese. Oh, that was the old guidance counselor. Oh, the old guy. I was like, I remember yeah. this being a good quote. I have to write it down, but I don't remember what it was in reference to anymore. Yeah, no, Jesse asked her, oh, do you miss the old one? Because she was like, oh, yeah, he really is gone because this he guy had candy. M&Ms and the other one didn't. And he was like, oh, do you miss him? And he was, she was like, no, he had a sweaty head like cheese. <laughs> what does that even mean? <laughs> like a <laughs> cheese. Not even just cheese, like a cheese. Got a sweaty head like cheesy she do. Arya does say, like, I'd like you to stop encouraging Mona and Mike being together. Jesse, the guidance counsellor, says basically, like, I don't discourage people being friends. That's not how I roll. But I can help you deal with your issues, basically. And she's like, I don't have any issues. Like, yeah. really loudly screams at him. In the background of all of this thing that's happening, Maggie has come back to Rosewood as well um, to sort out her old place, basically. She's getting keys from Ezra and returning them to her landlord so she can get her deposit back and stuff like that. And she walks in on Maggie talking to Ezra about this, and she didn't bring Malcolm this time, and Ezra's pissed about it. Like, how dare you not bring this child I've known for five months? Yeah, but I also like how they're like, all cool and cordial until the literal moment she gets the keys in her hands and then they let fly. <laughs> I know. Exactly. Also, she can find someone to babysit her kid while she literally flies across the country, but she can't find someone to ship back two boxes of toys. I wouldn't be bothered to fly halfway across the country for a box of toys and a photo frame. When she's sending back these boxes of a photo frame and a bunch of toys, Arya goes up to her and basically confronts her and is like, you know, you're a really horrible person for keeping Malcolm from Ezra. He was really looking forward to it, blah, blah, blah. And when I say Maggie schools her, Maggie schools her. She kind of looks her up and down and goes like, I didn't know Mr. Fitz was so involved with his students. And Arya just says something along the lines of like, yeah, well, his students get involved because they actually really care about him or something along those lines mm. and that Maggie needs to stay away. Well, the interesting thing that happened in this conversation to me was yeah. that Arya basically called out Maggie for being like, oh, yeah, convenient that you let everybody believe that he was your son, he was um, Ezra's son, while you were getting a 
three-bedroom house and daycare and now the truth comes out, like just making it out like she's a gold digger. And Maggie's like, well, that's convenient coming from a girl who's getting her grades by sleeping with her teacher. Exactly. And then Arya just like knocks the box out of her hands like a real adult. She realises she went too far because a photo of Malcolm was broken. I know. That's what made her realise she went too far. Like, it's a photo, bruv. If you went too far, you would have gone too far with or without the photo. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And then she's like, I need to skip um, Ezra's class because I can't face him right now. But, like, lucky that she's sleeping with the teacher and he probably won't mark her as, like, not there. Yeah, I know. Did we just see um, Aria and Mike, like, kissing a bunch of times? Uh, no, we see Mona and Mike kissing. <laughs> Mona. Yeah, we see Mona and Mike. I don't know names, guys. You also don't know names. You don't know genders. You don't know. <laughs> I don't see people. Okay, I am. I am the great equalizer. I don't see people. <laughs> I don't know about names. I don't know about genders. I don't know about race. You're just person number one. You also can't count though, so maybe not. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Why can't she count? Just because it's funny. (laughs) (laughs) But I think that is all that happens to Arya. Yeah, I think so. All right, let's go to Emily. Poor little Emily is very, very paranoid at the minute. Like, she's got a right to be. She's very anxious, very, like, skittish with every Mm. little thing that happens. So she's talking with her dad, and her dad tells her that someone must have remotely activated the anti-theft device on the car, which made the car lock down remote. So she's like, I'm not going to drive to school. I'm going to take the bike. Yeah, Wayne is a scripted parent this episode. Yeah, but also, like, how does he not think something might be happening again when she's really scared of driving this car now because it stopped randomly? He's like, oh, it's, it's okay if you go small distances. You'll be fine. Because remember like half a season ago where he was like, is this happening again? And she left the house and didn't speak to him. Yeah. And then he just forgot about it. Exactly. So that was fine. (laughs) Like if my daughter went through that, the first thing in my mind would be like, is someone messing with you again? Why are you scared to drive this car? No, because she might run away from home again. And then he might be accused of hitting her again. I don't don't know what he does in the army, but I'm guessing it's not intelligence. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> very very serious and she ends up telling Hannah that she doesn't feel safe in her own home like it's only taken her four seasons to feel like this but finally someone's feeling like it okay we understand her dad just came back but like was she living in this house alone no, no her, her mum was there her mum is there she's just not in the episode okay <laughs> yeah so she goes to school and then her dad ends up coming to the school to talk to Mr Fitz about what's going on and she tells um, Fitz that You know, he's one of the teachers that she looks up to the most. Yeah, but does this guy not follow any Rosewood gossip? Doesn't he know that this teacher is a pedophile? No. But also, that aside, even if he didn't, because he doesn't live there and stuff like that, whatever. My issue is that when he asked Emily, like, why are you so skittish? What's going on? And she's just like, senior year. I'm just trying to survive. I'm so busy with schoolwork, blah, 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 blah. He then goes to the school and is like, I think Emily would do better with more work. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Like... (laughs) But that wasn't even the end of it. They decide, okay, there's this scared, skittish girl. What are we going to do? Make her come to the school alone at night to photocopy shit. I know. <laughs> but that's what she needs to do. She's at school photocopying stuff. Yeah. In the middle of the night where evil will find her. Yeah. Evil did find her. The doors start closing on her. The lights start flickering. There's a random sign that says, act normal, bitch. And she doesn't immediately runs out. She goes and collects her papers and shit first. I know. Anyway, she does the first normal thing that 
you know, I've seen them do in these four episodes, which is call her dad for help. Call 911. Also, she didn't even talk to her dad. She just spoke to his voicemail and hoped for the best. She then proceeded to, like, corner herself into a room, like, come get me. I'm going to be bait sitting here right right here for you to come find me. Yeah, but don't worry, because she barricaded the door with, like, a paper table and one stack of papers. I know, but it works. Like, A was not getting in there. So, So then she goes to the window, and for the life of her, she can't get it open, right? It's only opening a, a slit. And then her dad comes comes in and she's like, Dad, I'm over here. Dad, I'm over here. Around the building. Sees Emily because she threw, what was that? A giant paper cutter? Like, what is that? Stapler, I think. Yeah, a giant stapler. Yeah, so she throws a, a giant hole punch. Stapler. Hole punch. Yeah, she throws a giant let's hole be, punch. Let's be correct with our terms. It was a hole punch. <laughs> can I get genders or name straight, but we can get a hole punch from a stapler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know stationary. And then we rewatch it and it's none of those things. <laughs> <laughs> she throws a giant something, right? So she throws it out the window, gets her dad's attention, and this guy, because he's in the military, proceeds to climb up a drain pipe without faltering. Yeah. I was impressed. Yeah. Yeah, he's so in the he military. Up... That's like yeah. his job. <laughs> I know, but I was like, that's such a good job. Like anyway, so he's shooting up this drain pipe, he gets to the top and he he pushes the window once with a finger, like his pinky finger, and it yeah, he's strong. Like, that wasn't jammed or anything. Well, maybe the stapler loosened it. Yeah. <laughs> you don't know. <laughs> they both end up, like, climbing down while A is still trying to get into the room. Yes, that's exactly what I wanted to raise. A was still trying to get into that room while Wayne was at that window helping her out. And then when they get down afterwards, like, you're about to get into it again, but he doesn't... He's like, oh, yeah, she was just scared because she was yeah. alone. Yeah. Even though A put both hands on the windowsill and, like, looked down... I know. <laughs> Even though they that room has been shredded apart. Yeah. <laughs> that room has been shredded apart. And they're like, yeah, she was just scared. Yeah, that was just Emily because she's like a wild cat that we've thrown into a room. But also, like, this is another one of A's things. Like, what is your goal here? Because either, like, she was already alone and unprotected in this room. Either go after her or, like... Don't. Like, what's with all these dramatics and warning okay. her for six years and then slamming doors, not being able to get in? Like, what is your end game? I think the goal is just to scare them and terrify them and make sure that they know that they're at every corner. But what was their aim if um, her dad didn't show up? Just stop breaking down the door and walk away? Yeah, exactly. They've done it before. They've, like, like locked them all into rooms before and then, like, remember when they Emily and um, Hannah were locked in Noel Khan's cabin and they just, like, shook all the um, shutters for a while, scared them and then just left? Yeah. Like, why? Also, A's intention was to cause a heart attack, okay? I'm glad A knows their parents' medical history, even if they don't live on site. Well, to be fair, that's, like, not the most unrealistic thing about this show either. A knows everyone's medical history. True. Yeah. As they jump down, Emily's dad falls to the ground. He's having a heart attack. She calls 911. The ambulance comes and takes him away, where he starts to reveal the real reason why he came back to Rosewood is not because of Pam and Emily, but it's because he had some tests done that he didn't want to get done on base. He has a heart problem. But why didn't she call 911 when she was in the school and he didn't answer? She calls 911 after he dies. He didn't die. (laughs) (laughs) For all she knew, he was going to (laughs) die. Yeah, exactly. That's why she called 911. Well, for all she knew, she was going to die. <laughs> why didn't she call 911 then? 
She's like, no, I can't get the police involved with A because, like, then A will kill me. But (laughs) what if A kills me? I don't call 911. Exactly. Shall we talk about Hannah? So Hannah has a little bit of interaction with um, Spencer in the beginning of this, but what essentially is happening in their two unique storylines is that they're both trying to solve the mystery of, like, some mystery to do with A in their own separate way. Spencer's trying to piece together things from the pictures of the book that she had. And yeah. Hannah's reading crime novels because she's figured out that A is a genius. And yeah. um, this is how we basically start the episode of their two different paths. And Hannah says she's on her third James Patterson book. She's trying to get into the criminal mind. Spencer could not be any more condescending. Like, oh, you, you're reading a book? Is Travis reading it to you? I know. Like, why are you such a bitch, Spencer? Literally. Maybe this is why your friends stop talking to you, Spencer. Yeah, exactly. I feel like Hannah was onto some really good ideas and she didn't even admit it. Like they were on the phone together when Hannah said to her, I'm going to go to the dentist because somebody swapped those records and maybe I can figure out who it was. Spencer managed to bite her tongue and not say, good idea. Oh, "Oh, that's so me of you. Yeah. (laughs) She didn't even say that was a good idea either. She was just like, okay, so you go do this. I'll do this. And she didn't even acknowledge it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So Hannah's been reading these books and um, she's finished the one that she's currently reading and she goes to the um, bookstore, I'm guessing, get another book. And there she meets the um, the detective. What's his name? Holbrook. So she meets um, Holbrook and is he trying to flirt with her or is it just me? Yeah, this show is so freaking sus, man. I wish they would stop normalising grown men hitting on teenager girls. He's like fully flirting with her and he's like, oh, I'm sorry. How, how did he say it? Sorry for basically turning her into collateral damage during an investigation. Yeah, yeah, that's it. So he gives her a book and it's like, you won't regret it. Yeah, and we find out Hannah is a committer of a true crime. She doesn't like Swedish meatballs. And she's a committer of another crime because she reads the end of the book first. Yeah, I know. Exactly. She's like, then how else will I know what clues to look for? That's the whole point. But also that whole interaction didn't make sense because she like literally screamed, oh no, like I'm on the last few pages. Yeah, and I know. She, and then the way that their conversation went, she hadn't read any of it before because he's like, oh, you skipped all of the middle and everything. And she said, I read the end first. So what does the last few pages have to do with it? But like in her defense, that's mm-hmm. what she's trying to do in real life. She knows that a murder has happened. She needs to figure out how it happened. Yeah, so she knows the end. She needs to figure out what the middle was. So she should read the middle. So what she's doing is she's working her way backwards. Yeah, but that's exactly what the book is doing too. So she should read it the right way around. Exactly. That's how murder mysteries work. Yeah, normally with crime novels, you start with the crime first and then you figure out how it got solved. The the end tells you the answer. In Mm. Sadie's defense, she doesn't read these kinds of books (laughs) because they're scary. (laughs) Yeah, I've been into smut lately. I've been reading werewolf smut. So, <laughs> I'm a little bit rusty on this whole crime series thing. If his eyes didn't darken and he didn't growl, um, say so doesn't want to know about it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, I will say there is a plot hole in this scene. Yeah. What's the plot hole? So when Hannah is being a dumb bitch, I suspect it was on purpose because she wanted to flirt. Because Why? when when he comes Holbrook comes over to talk to her. And she says something about the book and she says for George's. And then she's oh, yeah. like, what? Is that not how you say it? He, <laughs> um, yeah. I suspect she was acting dumb to flirt because when Arya first moved back to Rosewood and Hannah tried to set Arya up with Noel, she told her to get, off, get over her hottie in the fjords and she knew how to say it then. 
Ooh, good pickup. Thank you. So I think Hannah was flirting back and playing dumb. Oh, I think the show just forgot, but well, I didn't. I like your interpretation. <laughs> That's I how didn't. I flirt too. I said for Jord. <laughs> for Jord. And then like, what? Is that not how you say it? Yeah. <laughs> I'm just a girl. <laughs> yeah, so while Hannah's um talking with Hol- Holbrook about this book that she read the end of and he only read the middle of. Uh, yeah, correct. <laughs> He says that the twist is in the dental records. Hannah gets an idea, which is when she decides to go to the dentist that we kind of alluded to earlier. Oh my so God. she gets to this the dentist scene. It made me so like uncomfortable because there was why... so many things wrong with this dentist scene. Yes, but like, why is Hannah's ex boyfriend's mum giving her shit about how much her son is dating other girls? No, when the whole point was that like, he's a good Christian. No, no, that wasn't his mum. That was the staff that worked for her. No, no, no. She later calls the real dentist. She's the dental nurse. Oh, I guess that makes sense. Like, because she'd say Mr. Ackard and everything later on. It would be weird if she didn't just say, like, her husband's name. Because at first I thought they were a couple that owned the business together. So the mum is the dentist. Am I not correct? The mum is the Dr. Ackard. Yeah, I think you're right. And I just got mixed up. I thought, um, yeah. They were both working in it. And the dad is the was a priest, maybe? Yeah, I think so. I think, yes, his dad is a priest, correct. Is his dad Pastor Ted? He's, no, he's a different denomination, I guess. Okay. <laughs> he's Pastor Eckhard. Okay, so there was lots of things that I wanted to complain about in Hannah's timeline. The first is literally, um, they don't, like, okay, so she goes there to check the files. And the file room is in the room where she's conveniently in with a label called file room. That dentist's office is a whole building. Why is the file room inside the thing? Why the, the label file room? Yeah, because then imagine like you're at the front desk and someone's like, oh, I'm here to pick up my x-rays and you have to go interrupt a client meeting exactly. in the chair. Go get your files. Exactly. It's the stupidest setup. Anyway, that aside, then she decides to run into the file room and um, the dental nurse doesn't check anything before she locks up. She's like, that was the last client. She fucked off. Bye. Like, don't you want to um check the bathroom or anything at least? Like, don't, don't you do a check before you leave to make sure everything's locked up? Like, do you do no. nothing? Do you just piss off and go home? Exactly, because then how would we have so many classic comedy movies where people get locked in weird places? <laughs> anyway, so she decides to go in there. She found the logs and she took the papers, right? And then she never read them. She got called up to reschedule. She came up, she came back on a different day because I had already closed. No, that's not what happened. So... What happened was she was in the file room and the yeah. dental nurse was like, oh, I guess we'll close up for the day because Hannah effed off. Yeah. But Hannah didn't hear any of that because she was in the file room. So yeah. she just goes and walks in and sits back down in the chair, like with the things in her purse. And then A comes in. Oh, so that was the same day. Same day. Oh, I thought it was a different day. No, no same day so that's why she thought dr ackard would be right in so she thought she got away with just being too long uh, okay, okay that makes sense i thought she went away rescheduled that she came back no, no. <laughs> oh i see i'm the problem here i'm the dumb one that also makes sense about because my next question was how did they even get away with this when there's a patient waiting in the room okay now it all makes sense it's all aligned my chakras are in line now. Yeah, so she didn't realise. So she sits in the chair and then A comes in with a black gloved hand and Hannah thinks it's the doctor and put that fainting mask, what are they called? The gas mask. The fainting mask. mask. Yeah, the gas yeah. mask over her face and she clonks out yeah. and she wakes up with like blood all over her mouth. And can I just say so far, this is like the scariest A message we've ever terrifying. received. This is like... terrifying. Imagine this happened to you to finish off. 
She goes off to find the girls at Arya's house. Everyone is there. She's like, Aegis knocked me out and my teeth really hurt. Somebody please look in my mouth. So they look in her mouth and there's a very, very tiny folded up piece of paper where her filling was. Spencer pulled it out and they had to read it with a magnifying glass. They had to pull it out of like a little glass vial first. Yeah, they did. Like, wow. Why is A like this? And then it said like the whole, I told you before, dead girls don't smile or something like that. What did it say? Yeah. Yeah. I told you before, dead girls don't smile. Stop digging, stop look- something like that. Yeah, stop looking, stop digging. A. Freaking creepy. Like, this person had to have known that this was going to happen. Pair a tiny little note, put it in a glass vial, knock her out, put it in her tooth, and then... Learn dentistry. <laughs> this yeah. is pretty meditated. So I have a theory on who this is. Yeah. Is it Ezra? Because that's my no. theory. No. I personally believe this to be... British comedian Bob Mortimer. Yeah, because he does his own dentistry. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, that's all for Hannah too. Yeah. Still want to move on to Spencer. Um, so Spencer, I guess we start off, um, like we said, kind of talking to Hannah at the beginning. But what she's doing is she's trying to encrypt the journals. They took pictures of um, from Ali's journal. So she took photos, but they're like the shittest, blurriest photos you've ever seen in your life. I took a better yes. photo from the screen, can I say? I know you so did. She's send them to her. I know, I should send them to her. But she's having trouble um, decoding them. So she's trying to figure out what they say. She calls Hannah to kind of figure it out. Um, and that's when she's a bitch to Hannah. So Spencer spends all night like trying to decode this book and she's going word for word, leaving blanks here and there. But then the next day when she gets to school, she looks like – normal Spencer but she's like I look like Satan's butthole or something yeah, like that yeah. basically and Andrew reminds her that there's a physics test going on and he's been up all night studying and Spencer's like wait if you've been up all night how do you not look like me and she looks like Spencer but with like a bag under her eye just why and she just has her hair and she just has her hair tied up this is Spencer looking horrible her hair is tied up I know Spencer basically says okay I can't do this physics test to cover for me and come by later with your notes also, what does cover for me in a test mean? Oh, she ain't here. <laughs> like, yeah, I know. What would you possibly do to cover for someone? Spencer's um, shitting herself in the girl's bathroom right now. <laughs> yeah. Spencer's pooping and snooping right now. She can't be here. <laughs> exactly. And later on, Andrew does come over, as he said he would, and is trying to help her study. And she basically says, look, Andrew, I don't really want your notes. I want your little study aid. And he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. Spencer goes on to list, like, everything that he's doing right now. Like, oh, you played this sport. You do this. You're head of the debate team. You do blah, blah, blah. So, obviously, I know you're on something and give me some. Also, I find it hard. So, the um physics thing that they were talking about, I don't remember what it was now, but it was, it seemed to me, like, quite basic in terms of, like, a basic principle of physics. Like, it was, like, you know, something in motion continues to be in motion unless an opposite, you know, it was something yeah. like that. I don't remember exactly what the thing was, but to me it was, like, one of those basic physics principles. And if that's what their thing was about, I can't believe Spencer Hastings would need to cram for that. I feel like she would already know all of that. I would need to cram for it, but I wouldn't expect Spencer Hastings to. Yeah, she's too busy though. And to maintain her Spencer Hastings lifestyle, she tells Andrew she needs some of his pills. Andrew says he has a legit prescription to whatever it is. I assume it's like ADD medication or something like that to help him focus or stay awake. And he gives Spencer a few pills just to tide her over until the end of the week, apparently. This is the second show that we've covered 
where use of these pills is like prevalent. Yeah, and then in the next like eight more shows we're going to cover, they will also yeah. be prevalent. It happens basically in every show. <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, so she takes the pills, right? And then yeah. she doesn't use them to study. She uses them to solve the problems. I know. <laughs> and so has she... to cram for this physics test, has to cram for this alley test. Yeah, exactly. So while she's on her ADHD medicine high, she figures out at 4 a.m. Um, the thing said that it's the hunt, the heart and the huntsman. Mm-hmm. And she literally just goes over to Hannah's house. Because at she 4 a.m. At 4 a.m. And Hannah's excuse for, like, her mum not waking up is, oh, you're lucky my mum drank a whole bottle of champagne. No, she said, you're lucky my mum finished her box of Merlot. <laughs> oh, Chardonnay. <laughs> Whatever it was, it was a, it was a box. It was a box, yeah. of, box of Chardonnay. Whatever it was, her mum's passed out drunk somewhere. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> and that's lucky for Spencer. Because um, her leg does sweat and she no longer wears an ankle monitor. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah they decide not to go together because hannah's gonna go to the dentist appointment and hannah is gonna go to the spencer spencer is gonna go to the other thing the um pub but like so she gets there and this is like the juiciest part of the whole show oh my god so I know. she gets there oh but first we had a bit of a flashback of what the paper said the paper that she decoded said um ali was in the heart and the huntsman she was having you know drinks or whatever with the uh, older guy that she was dating at the time and it looks like he was giving her some feedback on her writing and saying that when she grows up uh, I mean matures um, she'll become better she was teasing him for eating boysenberry pie with B. If boysenberry pie and B weren't meant to be eaten together, why is a bar serving? Exactly, good question. I guess bars sell, sell other drinks though, I suppose yeah, but they usually sell things that go with alcohol because they want you to drink. Yeah, but like another alcoholic drink might go with it. Maybe it goes great with gin. I don't know. But then Spencer goes there and conveniently, because of all the times in the world she could have gone there, she goes there when Ezra is sitting there. So she gets in there, yeah. Ezra's sitting there eating a boysenberry pie, perfectly timed. He gets up to leaves and he's like, oh, cancel the rest of my order. i got to get out of here because um, Spencer's here to ruin everything, basically. <laughs> <laughs> literally and um so she goes and sits at the at the table where next to his half-eaten boysenberry pie i bet she snuck a bite oh, I was <laughs> why wouldn't you <laughs> you know who it was <laughs> you know <laughs> um, you know what he's beaten with aria <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah so she's sitting there next to his half-eaten boysenberry pie and the waitress with absolutely no morals whatsoever it's like brings her out a beer and she's like, oh, he already ordered it and I figured why not? And if anyone he already asked, paid I for definitely... it. Yeah, he already paid for it, so why not? And um, if anyone asks, by the way, I checked your ID. Wink, wink. Exactly. <laughs> so she knows this person is underage and she just gives them a beer because why not? Exactly. And so things are starting to tick over in Spencer's head. She's like, oh, my God, boysenberry pie, a beer, turns the beer over. It's board shorts ale. I know. Oh my god. Oh my god. Ezra is is board shorts, right? But like when they were in his lair a couple of episodes back when they were in Ravenswood, they just automatically thought that the lair belonged to board shorts anyway. Did they? Yes. Because it was named after Ali's favorite beach, like the offshore account or something. Yeah. 
Yeah, okay, yeah, 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 I'm following, yeah. So now, right, is Spencer thinking that Ezra is board shorts, a.k.a. A, also yeah, known I'm... as, like, that's what's going through her head. Jump to wilder conclusions. I think, yes, exa- that's exactly what they're thinking. I don't think this is a conclusion. I think that, you know, Ezra is board shorts and he had a thing with Ali. I think that's exactly what she's thinking. Because then she goes over to the house after Emily's dad has a heart attack and they're all meeting at Arya's house. And she's, like, staring at Arya like she knows a secret, but she's not going to tell. That's one secret I'll never tell. XO, XO, <laughs> Spencer girl. Spencer girl. <laughs> yeah. But the next episode is called Hot for Teacher, so I'm guessing this becomes very topical. Ooh. Yeah. So what are your thoughts, Sadie? I was shocked. I was shook it. I thought board shorts was board shorts because of, like, a picture or something. Or, like, you know how Ella just kept calling him board shorts. I thought it was just, like, a beach dude. I did not think that board shorts would be a an ale or an academic or yeah yeah what is ezra's deal with underage girls yeah like as a type how young was freaking ali she would have had to be 14 15 yeah when she went missing yeah so thank you guys for coming on this shadewood journey with us that was season four episode 17 of pretty little liars we'd love to hear your thoughts and your comments on what we've done and talked about so far or if there's anything that you feel we should talk about or touch on please reach out to us on our regular socials which is facebook tiktok instagram as at worstshire and x formerly known as twitter on at sister worst you can also shoot us an email on at worstsistershire at gmail.com. I'll count us out with a hada bomb. Three, two, one. Hada bomb. Hada bomb.